Welcome to part two of the narcissist prayer. I'm going to start by reading that prayer again. That didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. Again, this short verse illustrates the inner workings of a covert narcissist mind. It sums up all the gaslighting, denial, guilt manipulation, passive aggressiveness, blame shifting, victim playing, and absolutely no give that you experience with a covert narcissist. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us here today. I sincerely hope that you are finding a, a path of healing that is helpful to you, something that will help you to make sense out of this nightmare you are living and can continue forward with creating the life that you want to live. So thank you for joining us. Uh, hit that favorite button, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, uh, donate if you can. Let's keep spreading the word and helping others who are living this same nightmare that you are living. All right, last episode, we talked about the beginning of this narcissist prayer. The beginning three lines were, that didn't happen. If it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. Those three lines, you know, can lead us into uh, denial, is absolute denial and, and changing reality by saying that didn't happen. Like they just completely turn things around saying it didn't happen. This is a form of gaslighting. We talked about that last time. Minimization, where you're just kind of taking the steam out of something that happened, minimizing it, dismissing it, saying, you know, hey, it's just not that big of a deal. And what they're really doing is dismissing your feelings, your opinions. And, and that dismissiveness can continue just over and over, making you feel like you don't matter in this world. The gaslighting that goes along with, you know, hey, you're thinking about this all wrong or you're not seeing that right. And so you start to doubt. You start you doubt your perception of reality. You doubt your, your own feelings, your own opinions. And you start to give in. You give in because you want to keep peace. You give in because, you know, you, you want to believe in the goodness of this person. And so there's lots of reasons you give in and there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it does create a bad situation when you're with a covert narcissist because they will take advantage of that over and over and over. So at this point in the, the narcissist prayer, we, we have a turn that happens, a distinct change. And this is with line number four. That line is, if it is, remember the last one was, it's not a big deal. So if it is a big deal, that's not my fault. Blame shifting and victim playing have now entered this conversation. Nothing is ever their fault. You can count on that to always be true. They cannot and will not take the blame for anything ever. In order for someone to accept blame in a situation, they have to be strong enough to make themselves vulnerable for just a moment. To say, I'm sorry, or hey, that's my bad, opens the door for someone to pounce on you. You you know, they might say, you better believe that you're sorry. Such a sorry excuse for a person. I can't believe you would ever do that. You know, if you take the, the risk of saying I'm sorry to someone, you might hear that back, especially if you're apologizing to a, a narcissist. Well, for many covert narcissists, they grew up under a parent or a significant adult that would pounce on their vulnerabilities. They learned at a very young age that being vulnerable is simply not safe and must be avoided at all costs. And they built a personality around this. Nothing can ever be their fault, no matter how small or insignificant it really is. The tiniest 
smallest crack in their armor of superiority will bring their false sense of self crashing down. And this would leave them exposed and vulnerable. So yes, even the smallest issue, a nothing in anyone else's eyes, kicks them into protective mode. Have you ever noticed this with a covert narcissist? Even something so trivial can cause blame shifting to kick in. You know, maybe the toilet didn't get flushed and it left a little bit of an odor and it needs to be, you know, it needs to be quickly cleaned out. Even though he was the last one to use it, and I say he because for me it was my husband, but understand, I, I, I get it that there are many women out there who are and many other types of relationships. So put in whatever pronoun you need to for you. But even though he was the last one to use it, I would still hear, well, that's not my fault. It must not be working right because I know I flushed it. Why get defensive? Why blame shift here? It's no big deal. I'm just pointing out, hey, the toilet didn't get flushed and it needs to be wiped out real quick. You know, it just take the brush and brush it out. This is no biggie. But those defenses kick in. He will make sure that everyone knows that it's not his fault. You know, the same holds true if the countertop's a mess in the kitchen and I make a comment about, hey, we really kind of need to clean the house up some. Well, there it kicks in. Well, that's not my fault. That's not my stuff there. Or that's not, I don't care whose fault it is. Can we just clean up the house some? You know, or maybe the car, it's really low on gas. And even though he was the last one to drive it, you'll still hear. It's not my fault. You drove all over the place the day before. You know, sometimes you feel like every word that comes out of your mouth is analyzed by them to determine how it is not their fault. Healthy individuals don't do this. Healthy individuals learn to accept some blame in life. Yes, it isn't pleasant. You know, nobody likes to be blamed for something. But it's beneficial to be able to accept some blame. It helps keep peace with other people. It allows people to feel emotionally safe around you. It creates the space in an intimate relationship to be built on mutual trust and confidence. It allows closeness and connection to occur. All covert narcissists play the victim when they need to, even when they don't need to. Nothing can ever be their fault. It is always someone or something else's fault. They are just the helpless and hapless victim of circumstance. Let's look at line number five. So here goes the prayer. Number one, that didn't happen. Number two, if it did, it wasn't that bad. Number three, if it was, that's not a big deal. Number four, if it is, that's not my fault. And number five, if it was, I didn't mean it. I already said blame shifting and victim playing, they go hand in hand. It's always someone else's fault or something else's fault. The toilet didn't work right. The gas gauge isn't reading right. Or you drove it all the day before. Or you weren't clear on, on what you wanted from me. You didn't ask me to fill the car up. You know, for my covert narcissist husband, one of his favorite lines was, you knew and you know how bad my childhood was. This was his cover and excuse for anything. If he talked harsh to me and I'm trying to have this conversation with him and yes, we loop and loop and circle and circle and I can finally get to the point where he can actually admit that he talked mean to me, maybe it's going to come out with, well, it's not my fault. I didn't mean it. You know, I grew up with a bad childhood. That's where we landed. And, and he would say, you know, my dad was so mean that I never learned how to talk nice as a kid. You know, I'm working on it. How could you be this mad at me when you know how much I suffered? This was his fallback. 
When blaming everyone and everything else did not work, this card was always played. And it always worked. Yes, his childhood was bad. His dad is an overt narcissist and a physical abuser. He was always attacking the smallest offense or perceived offense. My husband could do nothing right in his dad's eyes. His mom, she's an extreme enabler and ingrained in my husband the notion that he was perfect, wonderful, and could do no wrong because she was overcompensating for the abusiveness of the father. And so this was a very confusing and mixed up childhood. So yes, his childhood was horrible. And so for many years, this excuse worked on me. I always felt bad for him. And I would sympathize and try to help him feel better. You know, he would say, you know how much I suffered. How can you be this mad at me? And I would back off. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being this mad. I apologize for that. Which, again, he would pounce on that. Well, you should be. And, and, and around and around we'd go. But I would always back off and try to help him to feel better. I would agree with how bad his parents were. I would convince him that there's hope. I would convince, you know, I was convinced that I could love this out of him. It wasn't until years later, still in this marriage, that I realized he was using this victim role so that he never had to do any work to get better. This victim role allowed him the perfect out every single time. He had no accountability, no blame, no responsibility, and thus no need to ever change anything, ever. Covert narcissists do not apologize. If they ever actually say, I'm sorry, they don't mean it, ever. Your heart already knows this. An apology, you know, from, from a healthy person comes with genuineness, comes with remorse, comes with, with a connection, and you can feel it. Someone who you're, you're close to who is not narcissistic, when they genuinely apologize to you, your heart feels the release of the pressure and the tension in the air. And, and you feel a, a connection, a moment of, of genuine connection with them. But apology from a, from a covert narcissist, it will never be validating and satisfying. Compare that apology you get from them with an apology you get from a non-narcissistic person. Because an apology from a covert narcissist only comes if it will benefit them in some way. It is still transactional calculated and manipulated, manipulative as everything is to a narcissist. The last line. So number six, that didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. If it is, that's not my fault. If it was, I didn't mean it. And if it did, you deserved it. Ah, now we come to projection. This is the transfer of one's feelings onto another person. If they pass their feelings of inferiority and shame and worthlessness onto you, then they don't have to feel them. If you have gotten this far in the circular conversation with this covert narcissist, then inside you are threatening their feelings of inferiority and shame that they cannot handle. And so their last out is to throw all of that onto you. Sometimes they'll get to that, uh, you know, much sooner in the conversation, but they will throw it onto you because now they don't have to feel them. If they can make you take it and carry it, then once again, they are off the hook. In this situation, wrapped up in a circular conversation, they are passing their shame onto you. You see, healthy individuals can handle some shame in life. Again, it's not pleasant, just like what I talked about earlier. We don't like it, but we can handle it. A non-narcissistic person can say, 
hey, I'm sorry. I should not have done that or said that. This will make you feel some shame inside. This takes humbleness. It takes allowing yourself to be vulnerable. But that shame does not threaten to bring down your entire identity. Because you know that you are human. You know that you are less than perfect and you allow yourself to be. We are all less than perfect. So it's a much healthier way to live when you can accept this. But a covert narcissist cannot accept this. They have to be perfect because any little crack that makes them not perfect would cause that shame and that, that worthlessness and that inferiority to come roaring out and they can't handle that. And so they cannot take any shame. It threatens to, de to destroy their entire sense of self. This image that they project onto the world and they defend it so intensely. So they throw all this shame onto you and they do it with absolutely no remorse. I hear people say all the time, how can they just really not care? Like, I've been married to them for 20 years. How can they possibly do this to me and do it without showing any care? Like, they, they don't care at all. Well, this is because they are in full-on self-protection mode. They will absolutely blame you for what they did. And they will use illogical arguments to persuade you. These are even delivered with such conviction that you will find yourself fooled. They will spin the direction of the argument so quickly that you don't even know what's going on. And you find yourself agreeing with them to keep the peace and you don't even know what you are agreeing to. You are left utterly confused. And at the same time, while you are apologizing to them for something, for, for what? There's a good chance you don't even know what you're apologizing for. And so you walk away in total confusion, feeling completely unheard, and having no idea where things are with this relationship. Are we good? Are we getting better? Are we making progress? If you are with a covert narcissistic person, the answer to these questions is no. You are not getting better. You are not making progress. You are simply spinning in a cycle of abusive behavior. Things might be calm for a while, but the manipulation and controlling behaviors will undoubtedly return. That is one thing I could always count on. I always knew that the circular conversations would come back. It was the most painful place on the face of this earth, the most horrible place I'd ever been in my life. But I always knew that another one was right around the corner. I knew that the gaslighting, blame shifting, the victim playing, the passive aggressiveness, the guilt manipulation, the, the projecting, I knew all of this would return. Don't mistake the calm times for improvement. Don't hang on to the breadcrumbs of happy moments trying to build an entire relationship on them. Look, whether you leave or stay, that's totally up to you. But make the choice with your eyes open. Know your reality and trust your heart. Think through this narcissistic prayer. I'll read it one more time. And think about if these are things you're hearing, that you're witnessing, that you're living. When you call them out on something or try to talk to them about a time they have hurt you, this is how it goes. That didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if it did, you 
deserved it. It's time to step away from that, quit taking their blame, quit taking their projection, quit taking all the gaslighting, and simply walk away. Whether you stay in the relationship or not, totally, again, totally up to you. But those circular conversations from hell, quit sitting through them. Walk away. You don't have to sit there and be treated this way and be talked to this way. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.